Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. Come on, everybody. Say His name. Oh, you can do better than that. Say His name. I am so fired up. After that, uh, that uh, spiritual renewal, how many are ready? John Bevere. Jesus. Obed Martinez. Jimmy Rollins. Pastor you. Uh, oh, that's very good. Y'all are encouraging me this morning. <laughs> I wish I could do what Jimmy Rollins does. I don't know if I got it. Uh, can I, can I tell y'all something? Uh, and I shared with you just a few weeks ago. I'll remind you in case you missed. I'm driving to church on a Sunday morning as I normally do. Praying for the service. Thinking through all that needs to happen. Lord, use me as an instrument in your hand. Less of me, more of you. Same prayer every Sunday. Thinking about you. Seeing some of your faces. And the Holy Spirit says spiritual renewal. And I went, Okay. Make it a St. Landry thing, not an Our Savior's Church thing. I want to share. I got, I've got a message for you, but this may be just as important. And uh, I woke up the other, uh, other night in the middle of the night, and uh, this doesn't happen to me often, but sometimes when you wake up from a dead sleep and you're wide awake in the middle of the night, you, you don't need to go back to sleep. You don't need to get up and go to the refrigerator and get a snack. You need the first thing that comes out of your mouth and saying, Lord, I'm listening. Because it's usually the Lord. He's waking you up because he wants to tell you something. And I woke up like that and I said, Lord, what what is it? And the first thing that popped into my mind, it was the ten lepers. That's all I heard, ten lepers. Well, I know that story in the Bible, ten lepers. Do you remember what happened in that story in the ten lepers? Jesus did what to them? He heals them. Ten lepers. And they all went away rejoicing. One came back to say, thank you. And I went, Lord, so I'm thinking, and I'm just praying, like, Heidi's sleeping. Uh, The Lord's speaking, and she's sleeping. It's usually the other way around. (laughs) She said, thank you. For clarifying. And uh, so I'm going, okay, yeah, one came back. He was grateful. He was grateful, grateful. I need to be more grateful. I mean, you know, we all need to be more grateful. We need to be more grateful. And the Lord, then the Lord spoke to me. He said, don't look at them as individuals. Look, them, look at them as a whole. Okay. Well, I did math. I went to school. Nine out of 10, that's 90%. was grateful. 10% grateful. I get the word now. What was the Lord saying to me? You need to be more grateful. I receive it. We need to Receive that 
that we're not as grateful as we should be. I heard the word the other day, I drove by today, love's truck stop is moving next door. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. No, 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 no. You, you need to be more grateful. No, no, because this, I want you to think, think just think about this. And I, here's, I'm just giving you what's, what's in my spirit this morning. Is that okay? 12 years. We've been 12 years as a church. 12 years as a church. You know what? That's, there's significant about 12 years. 12 years as a church. 12, well, what's significant about 12? Well, 12 is the age when you become from being a child to becoming a man in Jewish culture, a bar mitzvah. It's when you, you, you rise up and you become you, you, a different, your, your faith now belongs to you. It doesn't belong to your mama and your daddy anymore. You, you're no longer just living in a blessed house. You're going to find out whether you're blessed or not. It's you step out. It's, it's the stepping into manhood, into maturity, or into womanhood. It's the stepping out. And so we're year 12. I can remember when we first moved here go and people would say do you think anything ever good could happen in Appaloosas well it's been 12 years we got love's truck stop moving next door love's truck stop boy wait, wait, wait. Lafayette Shooters just bought a corner property from us and Lafayette Shooters is going to put a Lafayette Shooters place over here that's progress I think we rejoice we rejoice in that Billy Boudin building a brand new place off of 190 come on somebody have you ever had one of those egg rolls with the cheese in it? Come on, that'll make you shout to the Lord. Jesus. In fact, when they open, I'm going to give everybody an egg roll in Jesus' name. Just so we can just get, shame the devil. Shame the devil. I, 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 I heard Chick McAllister's. Come on, somebody. You need to rejoice in McAllister's. Have you ever had their sweet tea? Oh, they make sweet. Only Heidi makes better sweet tea than McAllister's. That means I can get a drink at home and in Opelousas. Oh, McAllister's sweet tea will make you forget about Cane's sweet tea. But Cane's got the chicken down. We, we ought to rejoice. What, what is that? Did you, did you see across the freeway all the property that's being, what are they doing over there? They're, they're going to be building 200 homes. What is that? It's, it's progress. It's, it means the trend line. The trend line. 12 years ago, the trend line is beginning to shift. The wind is beginning to come at the back. What happens first in the spirit, you begin to see it in the natural. I heard a rumor. I hope it's true. Lord, if this is not true, I heard Billy, I heard Whataburger was coming. I'm from Texas. We love Whataburger. <clears throat> Jalapeno and cheese on your burger. Come on, Jesus. I prayed for an In-N-Out burger, and the Lord sent me Whataburger. I said, that's good, Lord. You know what I need. You know what I need. <laughs> what I want and what I need are always the same thing. He gave me, oh, and I've heard this, Chick-fil-A. What, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me tell you why it's important. Don't think 
those type of people who invest those type of dollars, they'll look at a place and they'll say, no, we're not going to go there. They look at the economics. They look at the school systems. They look at all of these things. They look at all of it. And they decide whether they're going to go there. So when you start seeing the progress like that, means something's starting to happen in the community that's changing. And so they're willing to invest their dollars in it. So you ought to... I don't want to be one of the nine. I want to be the one. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. All right, let me jump into this message. That, that wasn't even the message. Maybe it was the message. Maybe this ain't the message. I don't know. I don't. I don't. Uh, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You're so good to us. Glory and honor to your name. You're worthy of all glory and honor. You are wonderful. You are almighty. You are all powerful. There's nobody like you. You're working it all out. You're doing 10,000 things when we can only see one. You're working it all out. And so we want to just say, thank you, Lord. We don't want to be one of the nine. We want to be the one. We want to be the one that comes back and just looks at you and says, thank you for what you did for me. The gratitude, giving you praise and glory and honor. It's all he asked for. It's all he asked for. It's all he asked for. So we thank you and we worship you. We give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. We just thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. You're not done. You're just getting started. You're not done. You're just getting started. We're watching the seeds come out of the ground. What you've been doing in the secret, we're watching it birth and burst out in Jesus' name. So thank you, Father, that when we leave church on a Sunday morning, we're going to have choices. Except for Chick-fil-A. They're closed on Sunday. But anyway, we're going to have choices. I, I, when, Loves, when Loves was coming in, we had to meet with them because they, they have two things in this Loves truck stop. They have a, a, a shop where they're going to repair and do oil changes and those type of things for semi-trucks. And then they have the place where we would get gas in our cars and the convenience store and a restaurant in there and all, all of that. And because they're so close to the church... There is a law that you can't, you have to be a certain distance from a church to be able to sell. They do sell alcoholic beverages. And, uh, and they said, but so they had to put the truck part, the big diesel part closest to the church and had to put the convenience part in where we would go and get gas. They had to put it further away to the south, closer to Lafayette. And they were just saying, we were coming, we're going we're gonna to rearrange everything and put the trucks up. And I said, well, I would rather have me personally I would rather have the truck stop further away from the church and the convenience closer to the church because of appearance and the way that it looks and you know these big 18 wheelers all parked right here next to the church's property I'd rather have them further down to the south that makes sense right it makes sense right and I said by the way and that way if church doesn't go that well on a Sunday that's too far for me to walk to get a beer 
Can I get an amen? amen. <laughs> root beer. Root, root beer. Yeah, root beer. What, what did I say? Did I say beer? I meant root beer. Uh, so we, we, we flip-flopped it. They flip-flopped it for us. Thank you, Jesus. I'm, I'm kidding. But, and, and they said, well, we, and they, then they asked, they said, well, they said, we'd like to do something for the church. And I, and I said, well, that would be awesome. They said, is there anything? There, a lot of our truckers, if they spend the night here or stop here, they're going to want to go to church on Sunday. In fact, we'll encourage them. In fact, we could put a sign in the truckers' lounge about the church. And I said, that would be awesome. So they're actually going to build a walkway from Love's Truck Stop to the church. So truckers. Isn't that awesome? I just want, are you kidding me? God is moving. He's, the wind is shifting. And that's what I want you to hear. The wind is shifting. The wind is now at back. He's, he's almost crowned. He crowned, crowned you and said, it's 12 years. I'm, I'm crowning you now, which means I'm going to take you from being a child, just trying to get up and make it. Now I want you to start taking on responsibility for your community. That's what, that's what grown-ups do, right? That's how you know maturity. You know, you got a teenager, and you're going, well, when do they become a man? They become a man when they're willing to take responsibility. Remember that three-legged stool, good government, good schools, right? Then you also have to have a good business climate for businesses to come because you got to have places for people to work, to earn a living. And then the third is you got to have a good spiritual climate. The, the houses of God have to be strong. We're watching Easton Shelvin and the beginning. And I've told Easton, I said, Easton, it's just the seed, brother. Just getting all the pastors together in our community, all of our pastors together in the community to go down to the Gar- Donald Gardner on Tuesday nights during the summer. That's never happened before in Opelousas. It was small, but it was a seed. Do not despise small beginnings. Easton was in that meeting on Tuesday. And I said, Easton, now I'm going to ask you, get all of those brothers, all of our pastors, all of them together in this house. Because one night, we're going to pray over every pastor here. We're going to pray for all the, the, the pastors of our churches. They, we need strong. We're going to pray for the government. We're going to pray over our government, elected officials. We're going to pray over them because we need that leg strong. We're going to pray over our administrators, the school teachers, and all of our principals of our schools. Invite them back. They've been in this house more than some of you have been in this house. We'll talk after. Let's get them in this place. Let's hear the tuning fork of heaven so we can all harmonize with it. And if we'll do that, we'll walk in unity together. Black, white, red, brown, yellow, rich, poor, Democrat, Republican, independent. Let's hear the tuning. Can we just give God praise one more time? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Just stay with me, Vic. I want to go to the Bible. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And I want to... Just refocus you on this season. And, and, and I so appreciate Dr. Scott saying, look, Advent, Advent, the coming. His coming so that while we're here, we start looking for his coming again. He is coming again. He is coming. I want to take you to Isaiah 9 and 6 because it is the prophetic word that Israel hung their hat on. They kept looking for this coming, this coming Messiah, 
the one that would break all of their oppression. And they were oppressed. They're under Roman rule. They were oppressed people. Uh, we, we come from oppression. We. We. We come from that. It's, it's our history. It's in our DNA. It's in our spiritual DNA that we come from depression and uh, oppression. And here is the, the prophecy that they would hang their hat on found in Isaiah chapter 9. Prophesied thousands of years before the birth of Jesus. And it says, for a child is born. That's important. You, you, you have to remember, God could have created Jesus a different way or could have sent him in, in a different manner. He doesn't send him because he's done it before, right? He's did it with Adam all the way back to Genesis. He formed the dust, breathed on him, and Adam was formed out of nothing. He created him. He could have done it that way, but he doesn't. He's going to, he's going to, he's going to use, if you will, I don't know of a better word. He's going to use a host. Her name is Mary. And he's going to, a child is going to be born to us, a child, which signifies his humanity. That's important to us, that we don't have a God who hasn't walked in our footsteps. It's important that you remember that so that when you're, when the enemy's bombarding you with, you shouldn't feel this way and and that trying to make you depressed and anxious about struggles that you might walk through. We have a God that has, has faced all those same temptations just as you and I have that can understand. Have you ever met someone that's so understanding? And you just went, can I just talk to you for a second? And you went, blah. And they went, oh my gosh, that must feel terrible. I am so sorry. Oh, wow. Man, I know you're walking through a very difficult season. And you go, no, no, you've already done enough just by listening to me. We have a God that will just listen to you. He's walked through. A child is born. And you go, how, how? I never really understood this. I just want to draw the comparison because you've got a barren womb in Mary. She's, she's a virgin. She's never had relationships with a man, ever. She is a virgin. And the Holy Spirit comes upon her. And you go, this is so weird. Because that can sound weird, right? But I want you to go back to Genesis 1. Thank you, Kevin, for sending that to me. Go back to Genesis 1. And do you remember when the earth was barren? And the Holy Spirit, what? Hovered over it. And, and God would speak, and it would go through Jesus, who was always with the Father. The Father would speak through Jesus, and the Holy Spirit would execute. And that's what happened in Mary's womb. The Holy Spirit came and just hovered over her. And then that seed was planted inside of her. And she was going to give birth a child, a child, a baby, a child. And then it says, a child is born to us, and a son is given to us. A son is given. A child and a son. Where was he the son? In heaven. So you also see not only his humanity, but his divinity. That he is fully God, and yet he's fully man. All at the same time that those two come together so that you have a God that completely understands you and me. Even in our weaknesses, even in our failures, even when you're stupid. Don't be elbowing anybody right now. His son is given to us. I love this. And the government 
will rest upon his shoulders. The government. And what does that mean? The United States government? No, no, no. That's not what it means. It means he can carry all the weight, the weight bearer. How many of you got some weight? You walked in today and you felt, you got, man, I got some stuff on my shoulders right now. I just can't handle. You know, he's going, no, 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 come to me. I'm the weight bearer. Cast all your cares upon me for I care for you. I'm, I'm coming. I'm going to come to you, Israel. They're waiting for it. We need this weight bearer. The government will rest upon his shoulders. And by the way, that also means, and you go, well, I can't wait till we got to get God back in the government. Listen, we don't have to get God back in the government. We need to get God back in the hearts of men. And if we get God in the hearts of men, then the government will change all by itself. That's what it means. We need to be governed by God. If we could just get governed by God, everything else seems to take care of itself. This is the promise that they're waiting on, that the government will then rest on his shoulders. Remember, they're being oppressed. And then I love this. I just want to tell you about this gift that God loves you so much that he gave to you. This gift. And it says, and he shall be called. Oh, there's something about the name. In Jewish tradition, it was, you gave the name to describe the person. My parents obviously did not do that. My name is Eugene. In Hebrew, that means geek. Y'all knew that, right? And he shall be called. It was, it was to describe the identity of. And I love this. And he shall be called wonderful counselor. Some, some in, 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 the, uh, in the Old Testament, the right, they, they, might, they could have put a comma after wonderful. We, we, in all, most of our translations, it will say wonderful counselor, like to describe the kind of counselor that he is. But you could have put the comma in between wonderful and counselor, you know, wonderful, like wonderful counselor, mighty God. But they, we, we get it, wonderful counselor. But can I just for fun put the comma after wonderful because what's what's the root of wonderful? What's the root word? Wonder. wonder. I love Christmas. Think back Christmas when you were a kid. Remember the wonder? You just wonder it. That's all you did was wonder. Remember Christmas Eve when you had to go to bed and you knew Santa Claus was coming to town? Remember that? How many of you had a tough time going to sleep on Christmas night? Because what were you doing? You just wondering. How many of you ever got up in the middle of the night without your parents knowing and went and just checked? Because you was wondering if you was naughty or nice. And you snuck in there. How many of you ever, no, I don't want to go too far. There could be young children in the room. The wonder of God. Lord, please don't let us ever forget the wonder. 
That's why Jesus would say things like this when they would say, the disciples would go, get those kids away from here. Get those you kids, get on out of here away from Jesus. And Jesus would say, oh, no, 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 no. No, no, let them come up because such is the kingdom. The kingdom belongs to those who wonder. Oh, Lord, let us re-wonder again how incredible you are, what you're doing. It's awesome. It's all good. It's nothing but good. The wonder. It's why I brought up Chick-fil-A. It's the wonder of God. Christian chicken in Opelousas. Who would have ever thought it? God's moving. The wonder. I wonder what you're doing, God. I wonder what's next, God. I wonder. I can't wait to see you. What you're going to do next. I wonder. Lord, let us recapture the wonder of God. The wonder. He's working. A counselor. Anybody here ever see a counselor? Oh, counselor. I used to think when I was young and stupid. Some of you are old and stupid. When I was young and foolish. Some of you are old and foolish. I used to think, oh, the counselor. I ain't going to sit on a counselor. Oh, I've had to go see a counselor. God will break you down. He'll break you down. He'll let you break down. He'll remove his hand from you to break you down so you can see and seek the counsel that you need. Uh, Here's what I found out about God. Sometimes God will speak to me. But most of the time, he speaks through somebody to me. And I get the counsel of God through a vessel that doesn't always look like God. And I've learned through the years, I've learned through the years, that it doesn't matter if I'm in the flesh or by phone or whatever, or even by text, that sometimes I'll get the word of the Lord from somebody through whatever venue it comes through. And my first, instead of just thinking them, I think Jesus, that it was him first. And then I think them for being a vessel that God has used because that was the word of the Lord, a counselor. Anybody ever had a good counselor? How many of you ever had a bad counselor? Yeah, yeah, you, you know that. You've had someone tell you something and, and when it goes wrong because they gave you bad counsel, who, who do you blame? Them. He said, this is what he's going to be like. He is going to be wonderful, comma, or he's going to be wonderful counselor. That whatever he says to you is good and trustworthy. And you can take it to the bank. Whatever he says for you to do, you should follow that exactly. Because you're going to need a counselor. The scripture would say there is safety in a multitude of counselors. Thank you, Lord, because we're going to need good counsel to walk through the waters that we're walking through. I didn't even tell you this, but I thought about just, just here's a list of all that we've walked through in the last two years. Watch this. Racial and political divide. COVID, Delta, Omicron, interest rates, economy, crime rates, political extremism, media propaganda, social media conspiracies, mental health, opioids, epidemics, fentanyl, food prices, fuel prices, lockdowns, shutdowns, and the list goes on. Do you think we might need a good, wonderful counselor? I'll lead you. He knew we would need a counselor Keep my scripture up there for me. And I love this. Mighty God. 
I don't need God. I need a mighty God. Mighty God. Say that with me. Mighty God. I need a mighty God. Uh, I think we've said it. You've ever heard this. Nothing is too hard for him. Uh, let Let me, that's not true. Nothing is hard for him. Nothing is too hard. No, no. Nothing is hard for him. He just speaks. Speaks it. And it happens. So when you're facing bills, family drama, health challenges, all the things you can remember that he is Jehovah, Jireh, your for my provider. If you're walking through sickness, he is Jehovah Rapha, your healer. If you're walking through anxiety and worry, he is Jehovah Shalom, my peace. He is a mighty God. There is nothing too difficult. He can hover over barren and darkness and create the earth simply by speaking it out of nothing. He can hover a virgin girl named Mary and say, you shall carry the child. He shall be the son of God. You'll name his name Emmanuel. And he can just speak it and it just happens. There is nothing too difficult or hard for him because there is nothing difficult or hard for him. We need a mighty God. He said, I'm going to send you help is on the way. He is a mighty God. And then I love this everlasting father. Mm. You think about that. Everlasting father. Identity comes from the father. The seed. There's an egg. And the egg can't give birth or form a child without the seed. And identity comes from the seed, the father. An everlasting father. We know we have a father. You, you could just go on the news, you can watch the news. What's the problem with our society? It's we have a fatherless. And you go, well, we need to get the fathers back up. to, the, And that's all true, right? Isn't it true? That's why men, if you're here, men, I'm looking at you, here with your wives, coming to church on Sunday, we honor you, going, I'm going to do, I'm going to do the right thing. You're not a perfect man in this room, there's not. I know a lot of you. And plus, I look in the mirror every day. <laughs> there's not a perfect father. There is no great fathers. Can I just say that? There's no great fathers. There's some good ones, but there's no great ones. There's only one great one. And you go, we got to get the fathers back doing, fulfilling the role. And that's true. But identity comes from the father. So the real issue is not to get fathers to fulfill their role. The real issue is that we have to get fathers who are absent connected to a father, to the father, because it's the only way, it's the only way you, you, you learn how to be a father is by connecting to the father. I got to connect to the father so that if I do that, then I'm going to fulfill the role and responsibilities of a father. Yeah. And so, and so we, we got a job to do in, in our community. So 
what, what do fathers do? They, they, they give identity. They speak things over their children. By, by the way, I have been asked a uh, hundred times, Heidi and I both, okay, tell us about parenting. What do y'all do in parenting? How'd you do it? And we pretty much give the same answer. It's look, we just simply try to parent like God parents, like God does us is how we try to do with our children. That's a pretty good way to do it, isn't it? It's like, how does he, how does he do us? that we should do to our children how he does to us. That's how we should, we should, we should parent because he's the perfect father. And so let's, let's do it that way. And so identity comes from, from the daddy's voice. It, it carries weight. Men, listen to me. Your voice carries more weight than the, than the wife's voice, the mother's. It just carries more. It just, it's just heavier. <clears throat> My daughter would say, Hannah would say, I, it's okay when mama's mad at me, but I can't handle it when dad's mad at me. Well, what is she saying? When dad's mad and upset, it's just weightier. It's just boom. It's, it's the identity comes from father. So what you say carries more weight. That's why you got to use your words carefully, man. You don't speak in anger. You got to go talk to Jesus first before you rip on the kids. You got to come back. You got to speak because it carries more weight. It can damage them. Or it can bring life to them. But also courage. You, you provide courage for your... He provides courage for us. Courage, the Father brings courage. If God says something to you, it gives you courage. Go, go do the... Do it. Okay, I'm going to do it. Spiritual renewal. Spiritual. St. Landry, what do I do? I'm going to send an email out. I would never send the email out if God didn't speak and give me the courage to send it out. Are y'all checking with me? So, so my children, when they need comfort, guess who they call? Mama. Mama. When they need courage, Dad, I don't know what to do. They call the father. Protection. We don't have a daddy. Listen to me. You might have had a daddy that was disinterested, in and out, gone to the camp. You got a father that isn't going to be there. He didn't say, I'm going to be there when you need me. No, he said, I'm going to be everlasting. I will always be there when you need me, when you don't need me, when you think you need me, when you're not sure if you need me, I'm still going to be there. I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. Your daddy might have walked out on you. I'll never walk out on you. We got a father that's everlasting. If you're born again, you got a daddy that's with you. All you got to do is call him. He's there. An everlasting father. And I love this last part. I promise I'm closing. Prince of I've already read the list COVID financial yeah 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 he knew we'd need it and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding I shouldn't be how many of you would like to have a peace that surpasses all understanding? Huh? No, no, seriously. I'm asking you a question. This is serious. And the peace of God. Can y'all put that up there? Philippians 4 and 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all what? 
understanding. I got a peace that I don't even understand. How do I have such peace? Look what all's going on around me. How do I have peace? It will guard your heart and it will guard your mind in Christ Jesus. How many of you would like a peace that passes understanding? How you'd like to, can I get how can I get that kind of peace? I'm going to give you the answer to the question. You ready? Then you have to give up the right to understand everything. If you want a peace that passes understanding, then you have to give up the right to understand everything. Well, I just better find, I don't even know. I don't know. I don't know. I I need to understand. No, you don't need to understand because you won't understand everything. Don't give me a peace that passes all. Look at Philippians 4 and 7. What it says in the message, the same passage, but in the message, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises. What? Petitions and praises. What's a petition? That's where, Lord, I want to petition you. I'm bringing this to you. Let petitions and what? That's what we did earlier. Praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle down. It's wonderful when uh, what happens. Uh, it's wonderful when that happens. What happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life? Thank you. Well, he knew we'd need a weight bearer. And the peace is a person. The perfect gift from the perfect giver. He knew just what we needed. And he sent us Jesus. Say his name. A weight bearer. Say his name. A wonderful counselor. Say his name. Mighty God. Say his name. Perfect Father. Say his name. Peace that you need. So the Son of God became a man so that man could become the Son of God. You've heard it said, Jesus is the reason for the season. It's not really true. You're the reason for the season for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life he did it for you can we give him the praise that he deserves bless your name Lord thank you God thank you wonderful Every head bowed and every eye closed as we thank him. I just want to pray. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you don't know this perfect gift. You can unwrap this present today. His name is Jesus, everlasting father, prince of peace, wonderful counselor, mighty God. He came to this earth to die on a cross. It was his mission. Why would he die? so that we could receive the forgiveness of sin. Because sin has to be justified. It has to have justice. And so Jesus was paying our sin penalty. He was being sentenced 
so that we would not, we could be set free. You could pay for your own sins or you can allow Jesus to pay them for you. Jesus was asked by a religious leader, what does a man have to do to receive eternal life? Life in heaven after this one's over. And he said, he must be born again. The religious leader asked, I can't enter back into the womb of my mother. And Jesus said, no, I'm not talking about the flesh, giving birth to flesh. I'm talking about the spirit giving birth to spirit. It's as simple as ABC to be born again. A, admit you're a sinner. That's where it has to begin. You have to recognize and realize to take the responsibility for your own life. It's easy to uh, pronounce all the bad counselors in our life and other people as their fault. But until we come to the realization and take responsibility for our own life and go, I'm here by my own actions and my own choices. I'm a sinner. The Bible says we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We're sitting in a room full of professional sinners. A, admit it. B, believe. The very reason, the very message I just preached, waiting for a Messiah to come. Now we're under oppression. I've, I've listed the entire list of things, but there's, the list goes on. You could have added to the list that I mentioned. You're under oppression and the Messiah has come again to set you free. It's why he died on the cross. Believe that Jesus died on that cross so that you could receive the forgiveness of your sin and then see to confess him as the Lord. It means make him the boss. Let him sit on the throne of your life that he's the king. If that's you today and you're ready to be born again, I'm going to lead you in a prayer in just a moment. This prayer won't save you. It has to be the cry of your heart going, I'm ready. I want to surrender my life to God. I'm ready to follow Jesus. And if that's you today, I want to pray. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. But I'm just going to ask, every head bowed, eye closed, Christians praying. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up all over this room and go, Pastor, I'm ready. Today I want to be born again. Would you hold your hand up high all over the room real quick? Thank you. Thank you. Hold it up high. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, congregation. Can we pray with those who've lifted their hands up high? And let's pray this together. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe that on the cross, you took my sin, my shame, and my guilt, and you died for it. I believe you faced hell for me so I wouldn't have to go. And that you rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven and purpose on earth and a relationship with the Father. So today, Lord Jesus, I turn from my sin to be born again. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give God all the praise for that today? Congratulations.